Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hello, Crazy Birds. I hope you guys are all doing well. Happy New Year. It's the first episode of the new year, and I'm super excited to be sharing this one with you. I hope you guys have made some really amazing New Year's resolutions and set some awesome goals for yourself when it comes to sustainability as well. Uh, Looking forward to actually hearing what some of yours are. I am still working on a few of mine, (laughs) so hopefully in the next few weeks I can share a little bit more, but yeah, let's... Let's get in today's episode. Oh my goodness. I actually not just have one amazing guest. I have two amazing, amazing guests. And one is the founding partner and the other one is the partner at Cool Climate Collective. And they basically bring together investors and operators at the intersection of climate and technology. The first one, Merad, is an instructor in Terra's Climate Change for VCs programs, as well as a partner at Climate Foundry, and has been involved in various programming at MENA-based accelerators, while also being a mentor to various Techstars programs. He's also built deep relationships in the academic and scientific communities, including at Yale, Berkeley, and other tech transfer offices. Tristan has spent the last decade building, selling, and investing in startups and is bent on spending the next decade dedicating to fixing our climate problem. He's been a VC at 500 startups where he directed 30 million in funding. At EIR at Google for startups, listed at Forbes 30 under 30, a Terra Climatech VC fellow, and a mentor at hundreds of accelerator programs, including Techstars, Catapult, climate and Norskin impact. He also built and sold two startups at the intersection of impact and technology. Now, during this episode, we talked about their reason for wanting to help climate-focused startups. We also looked at some of the key things that they would look for when finding their next startup for the collective And they also provide us some great tips if there's any of your crazy birds that's entrepreneurs that would like to start or like to launch their own startup. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Tristan Pollock and Mirad Yadmai. Thank you for having us. You are most welcome. Well, I think I am just going to maybe start 
Let's go with Tristan. Uh, How did your sustainable journey actually start? (laughs) Depends how far back you want to go. I think I I had this connection back to when I was a kid and I kind of grew up in the woods in Minnesota and basically saw like suburban sprawl at its finest or its least finest. And now the woods I grew up in are like a, you know, a very like cookie cutter neighborhood. Most of the trees were cut down. The pond was overrun. There was all these little creatures and animals in spring, little frogs, toads, butterflies, monarchs, milkweed, all this stuff that was there. And, you know, kind of going back there today, it's like, it's non-existent. And I think that's been a thread of this like love for nature and what it brings and this connection between, you know, a lot of times I think we take humans out of the context of nature when we're still, you know, an animal, a mammal, like we're part of, you know, every ecosystem and really the same way we always have been. It's just psychologically, we feel it's different. So I think that was like this pivotal moment for me very early on that always kind of kept me thinking about the environment and how to better sustain it. Wow. That sounds amazing. And how about you, Murat? Mine didn't really kick in till the last few years, but going back when I was in college over a decade ago, I think it was Al Gore's movie, (laughs) Inconvenient Truth. That kind of like was a wake up call to some degree. And then I got into a few, you know, university tree planting projects or whatever it might be, but it was never my focus. And then I went, started to work and was always in the back of my mind, but didn't really engage with it until about two years ago. So two years ago was when I kind of decided to really pay attention to this stuff and start focusing on what we're talking about today. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And just before the call for all of our crazy birds that listened, it was so funny because I just discovered that Murad actually lived in Dubai the same time as what I did. So that's the uh, fun fact for all of you crazy birds. (laughs) How did you guys go then from actually having this like sustainable journey that started to what you guys have now, which is called the Cool Climate Collective. Tell us about that. What exactly is that and what drove you to start it? Yeah, I guess we probably both have our own even like more immediate stories of like plugging into that and meeting each other. But basically, like we both met through the Terra program where they have like a climate tech program as well as a climate tech for VCs program. That was the summer. Murad had been kind of helping with the program and guiding the curriculum. And then I joined as, uh, you know, a humble student. And uh, I think we just kind of like, we, we, we were really excited about building community in climate and gathering space, as well as like gathering space with a function to be able to support startups, entrepreneurs, you know, all types of founders that were dealing with things at an early stage in the climate space. That kind of developed into this idea of the collective where we run an angelist syndicate, you know, we've done five investments for like half a million dollars or half a billion or <laughs> brain not totally working. I uh, just got back from Puerto Rico this morning, uh, <laughs> but 500,000, almost $600,000, I think into, uh, into companies so far, just over the past few months, we were like a number one trending angelist syndicate because we've been so frequently trying to do investments and I think we we kind of like we came through it into this idea, this common love for for community, and then wanting to like build it with this uh, this kind of investment function, and then we also are building out other ways that like 
mentor network to support those portfolio companies, uh, kind of a perks or, you know, other special deals for some of these companies, like just trying to like think about it holistically and how we can truly make a collective on top of like the investments that we're doing. Yeah. So cool climate collective, it's basically what the name says, right? So you guys invest in projects that would benefit the climate or the planet or mama earth. I would say like the main focus is around the startup theme. So it is a uh, climate tech startups. And for us, the thesis is a bit broad in terms of what that means, but it all comes back to climate focus and sustainability to some degree. So that is definitely like such a hot topic now. You know, we've just got the COP conference that kind of finished and, you know, everyone's kind of still buzzing on some of the goals and things that were set. But from everything that we've kind of seen in the last couple of weeks, it's really become clear that we need to be doing more for the environment. And that is what I find is so great with actual startups, because if we can support these startups that really have great ideas to actually do better or amazing things for the environment, how great would that be? And, you know, it might help us to actually reach some of those goals even faster. So what inspired you guys then in particular to actually work more or focus more on projects that is doing good for the environment? I mean, for me, it was going back to what I did in Dubai. I was always involved in the startup ecosystem, supporting entrepreneurs. And in 2020, when I moved back during the pandemic, moved to California, I saw the wildfires happening and I spent my childhood every summer in California. And I don't recall seeing the skies in that color. I don't recall seeing wildfires of this magnitude. And that was my, I guess, my second wake up call that truly inspired me to, hey, we need to pay attention to this. And the thing I knew best was kind of that startup ecosystem supporting entrepreneurs. And for me was, well, how do I start to focus on that space? And Tristan kind of hinted at it. I got involved with uh, one of the terror programs where we were educating venture capitalists, angel investors about the climate space, not just as the science of it, but also if this is a problem that affects billions of people, if you think from a capitalist perspective, that's an opportunity. You're solving a problem for billions of people as well. So how, how do you marry these two concepts of these are businesses doing great things, but they're also great businesses. And if you can support them, that's an opportunity for you as an investor. It was like marrying the two things together, this wake up call and what I was doing in the past. And I definitely think, you know, from a consumer point of view as well, you know, the people that's actually going to support these startups and, you know, invest in them either financially in the start, in the beginning when they actually start up or actually support them by purchasing their products, you know, once they have launched a actual product. So there's just so many amazing opportunities and something that I found so interesting was that we are seeing more of the bigger companies that also has set these climate goals. So we need to to be able to actually fulfill them at some point. So how do you guys then decide on a particular startup to support? Because I'm sure you guys get so many people that want to pitch you or like, I'm not sure how exactly that process would work with you guys. But yeah, like, how do you decide on on that? Definitely see a lot of, of pitches. There's kind of two ways, right? Like either get an introduction to one of us or you come through the website and you submit a pitch via the form there. 
you know, a pretty typical kind of like accelerator VC funnel, right? You see, you see a lot of pitch, you see thousands of pitches, you whittle those down to, you know, hundreds, tens of calls, and then you earmark some that you like the most that maybe we're both interested in, or one of us wants to champion. And then we forward, you know, push that forward to like, you know, does this work, you know, for the, for the syndicate, are they raising funding right now? Does some of these other aspects flesh out as far as, you know, market opportunity, like to Murad's point, like climate is not only a huge pressing, probably, you know, one of the most pressing issues, right? I think as we like start to come to this realization that COVID is kind of here to stay and like, there's always going to be some iteration of it. It's like the flu, you know, there's no like post COVID. I think a lot of us thought, you know, there's going to be this post COVID period. Well, now it's like, we're, I think we're in the climate period. And I think it's, you know, more important now than ever, obviously to like figure this out and figure it out quickly. And so when we're kind of like looking at companies, you know, we're looking at not just uh, climate where this could apply to so many different industries. Like, you know, basically there's a climate aspect of everything. And that's why it's such a big market opportunity, investment opportunity, scalability opportunity. But also like, I think there's an aspect here of speed and urgency. And so I think that's one of the things is like, we need to really see like, how does this scale up? And I think that's kind of similar to the vein of like, you know, some, you know, traditional VCs where, you know, you're looking at something that's in, six, seven years can come and, and create like really big change. And I think that's kind of like how we've looked at some of the companies, ones that are like taking kind of what, what, what can we do in this bottom up arena versus like, I think for me personally, I'm not like, you know, a corporate lobbyist or a executive at Amazon. So it's like, I think that top down stuff is like, will come with pressure from like bottom up movements and, and people and as well as like bottom up startups and entrepreneurs and ideas that way. Yeah. And I mean, I've worked with quite a few startups in Dubai and one of them I actually had on the podcast, The Concept, they designed this like more sustainable airline tray that is literally saving airlines like millions in fuel because now they don't carry that extra weight with them. And, you know, to kind of be involved with them when they were just starting out and to see that whole process and things behind it, which was like, for me, it was phenomenal. But can you give our crazy birds a little bit of an insight? Like, what is this process of actually funding a startup once you have selected, this is the horse I'm willing to bet on. And you know, you're, you guys go all in, like kind of what is the process? Yeah, that's a great, this is a great example for like, I think like the minutia of like how many different ways you can impact the industry and like reduce emissions. But what I would say is going back to the premise of the collective, we fund startups through a syndicate. So every angel kind of sees the deals we put together and they have a chance to opt in. So what we try and do is present as much of the facts as we can. We tend to do a call with the founder that everyone can see what the founder is like, you know, what's their vision. Uh, we can do a Q&A from the rest of the collective if they have questions, you know, so we can ask of the founder. But even going back to when we were doing that selection process, Tristan and I are not experts in everything, especially when we talk about climate. It's a very broad space. So what we try and do with the collective is we tap into them. There are experts in our collective or operators who've been in the energy space for decades, who've been doing, you know, agriculture or aquaculture. So we try and tap into them in any way, shape or form we can, and they're always willing to support in that way. So 
when we do present a startup to invest in, it's not just our due diligence, but we try and pull in as much of our collective to give their inputs. And in a way, that's also them saying, hey, I'm willing to back it as well. So I guess the question we always have of them is, come check out this startup, but is this a startup you would also invest in? Because the way Syndicate works, it's it's our collective money that, that goes into what we fund. So, Oh, that's amazing. Because I can also imagine they... Must probably be quite a bit of almost like fly-by-night startups that, you know, just wants to make this big money and sell their idea and don't really care about getting to the next steps as long as they can kind of raise that funds. You know, you've been seeing more and more of that lately. So there's quite a lot of stuff that has to go in. So that's great that you guys kind of have this like syndicate of experts as well to kind of help you guys through that as well. But what type of startups do you actually then back or support? Like what type of startups do you currently have? I mean, we could probably share like our first four investments, right, Murad? Like, yeah, yeah. Now that they're finished, we've done a company called Akua, which does kind of like kelp-based food products, like a kelp burger, chime to be like the like the healthiest all-protein burger because it's more less processed, more natural. They're amazing. Kelp is also a great carbon sink and easy to grow. And so I think that's like something that's actually some of the ocean aspects of climate and the ocean being a carbon sink is something that we've actually kind of, that's become a trend with some of the investments we've done. So we have another one, uh, Algo Biosciences. They do synthetic asparagopsis. So asparagopsis is a type of seaweed that when given to cows or ruminants in general, reduces the methane production. So two-factor, it's the food they eat is wasted. You know, it's using the energy to create this methane, which is not needed in theory. And we can cut that out by feeding them asparagopsis. The issue with asparagopsis, it it tends to grow very slowly compared to fast-growing kelp. It's synthetic asparagopsis of what Algobaya does is it allows it to grow very quickly. And if we can scale that up, beef production can be not as bad. So in a way, our bets, it might seem counterintuitive. You see on one side, we're supporting kelp burgers. On another side, we're creating a product that can reduce methane emissions from the traditional beef production. But in our minds, all these solutions are required to hit our carbon goals, uh, yeah. our greenhouse gas goals. So we don't see them as opposing each other. We, we think people are going to keep eating beef. And on the other side, people want something healthier. And the kelp alternative, it's, it's a very macronutrient focused. It's a healthy alternative. I think that, that those are two. And then what else? Uh, we, we had Wasted yeah. Yeah, and Sphere. So Wasted is... Uh, I guess it's an upcycled uh, porta potty, if you want to say so. It's a, they, they like to call it the Tesla porta potty. So, what does a better porta potty experience look like? But the the climate angle is they have a weight a waste separator. So urine and feces are separated, but now they can be upcycled and utilized for fertilizer. So, part of fertilizer production is the energy intensive process, uh, the the Haber Bosch process, and uh, that itself. If we can find alternative ways of producing fertilizer that's, I guess, also organic in some matter. That's one. And then Sphere. Sphere is a financial product. So we, we don't tend to think of the way we do our investments, especially retirement investment. You, you tend to put in an index fund. But in reality, most of these index funds are probably supporting fossil fuels, which most of them are. Most of the 
the well-known indexes are supporting fossil fuel companies. Uh, Sphere is one where they've developed 401k and an index fund to support or not not support. Basically remove any fossil fuel funding. And then what's interesting is like over time, right? Like if they they retroactively look back on the last decade and they would have made more money in this uh, index than you would have if you had fossil fossil fuel related companies in it. And so I think that's kind of, I think they probably tracked it against the S&P 500. So just removing those companies actually over the last decade would have given you better returns, which is something I think we've heard over and over again, but it's like kind of think needs to keep being educated, keep being reiterated that like, and now I think we're seeing this kind of exponential wave, right? With all the climate tech investing out there with like the urgency of the problem that now we're going to see that that's going to probably be even more and more true as more investment goes into the space and more products are purchased and like consumer behavior changes. And so it's just going to exponentially get probably more and more separated from fossil fuel index versus one that doesn't have it. Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective as well, I've been getting so many questions from people about which bank do I use that's not supporting these industries. And I actually joined a bank here in Australia and then they got bought by one of the big banks. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, now you have to go all over because you obviously don't want to be having your money being invested in all of these different things. And I think, you know, with carbon emissions as well, so a lot of people and organizations want to be carbon neutral, so they buy their offsets, their carbon offsets. And so I think that's another market that is at the moment exploding with potential investment opportunities because there's just so many companies that need to purchase these and that's their get out of jail free card, I feel, which is still not great. Maybe they should change what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is popping up. There's so many, many great stuff. There's actually a company in particular that I wanted to ask you guys about, but I'm not sure if you can talk about them or not. And that is Ride with two eyes. Oh yeah, R- Ride the electric bike company. Yes. Yeah, that was a an older investment, not through this current syndicate, but oh okay. I think it just speaks to the, there was like one of the largest uh, subcategories within climate was like, electrifying transportation, right? And I think we've kind of seen that from Ride, which did bikes and bike networks to Bird and Scooter, Lime, Scooter Networks, a lot of these kind of alternatives to, you know, as we're trying to transit last mile alternatives, I guess you could say, or, but the crazy thing is, is like, I think I love that founder, founder Ride, Jeff Stefanis and and Amber Watson, they're, they're, they're amazing people, had a really good gauge on it. And so they basically built like a really great looking bike. I used it a lot when I was in in San Francisco. And like, I think they had some stat where like, I don't know, within a 15 mile radius in San Francisco. And actually a lot of times, most cities, like the biking will always be faster. Even with the hills in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and it helps when you have the electric, uh, the electric boost on there. They kind of had it like a motorcycle where you could like turn it like this and like your boost would come on where some bikes it's already built into like the the pedal. Well, amazing company. That was like, uh, that was kind of back when I was doing some investments with maybe not as strong of a climate thesis, but Mm. uh, more of a founder, like a founder market thesis at 500 startups. And yeah, they're just, you know, really inspirational people. I would, I would invest in them, you know, and whatever they do next as well. Oh, that's amazing. And I mean, you guys have a whole bunch of other 
projects on your website. I'll link to that as well for Crazy Birds. And I'm sure like we can probably talk about each one for such a long time. But yeah, it's it's really just amazing. And if there's actually some of our Crazy Birds that's listening now, that's like, hang on, you know, how do I get involved with this like cool climate collective, whether it is that they've got an actual cool startup idea or actual product that's already hit the market or wherever stage they might be at, or actually someone that's like, hang on, you know, I don't have a product, but I've got, you know, money that I'm willing to invest in, you know, some of these companies, like how do they get involved? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's what's cool with like, you know, what Murad was kind of explaining the you know, investment process and the collective is like, there's a lot of ways to get involved. And we wanted to kind of open up all those channels for people because sometimes more people have more disposable income and they want to make investments, or maybe they have expertise and they want to dedicate their time to supporting, or maybe they, you know, have a friend that's working on a company, or maybe they're even looking to like join a company and they want to get hired into climate. I think we, we, we try to provide a lot of those channels like through coolclimatecollective.com. And so I think, yeah, it's like one, come join us. Like you can come join our, our Angelist Syndicate and see what sort of deals that we're looking at and uh, the diligence and understand like if this is something you want to invest, it's your choice, it's opt-in. So you can decide what you know, you're interested in. And then I think like another big one is like everyone's got expertise. Like Murad and I both spent a bunch of time in Silicon Valley. That's where a lot of our network comes from. Not everyone that we know is working in climate, but there are climate motivated people. And so we oftentimes will say, Hey, like, you know, we have someone that has this problem, you know, would you mind helping them set up a call sort of thing? So you can also sign up as a mentor like that through the website. So I think we have like a lot of ways, you know, and if you're, even if you're like a service provider that wants to support climate companies, climate startups that are just starting out and you have a perk or, you know, some sort of perk you want to provide for like our portfolio, totally another avenue there as well. Oh, that's amazing. Can people actually invest like, you know, is there a minimum? Can they come with a thousand bucks and be like part of it? Or is there an absolute minimum? I think that's the lowest it can go, but uh, yeah, the minimum's a thousand. But yeah, you, I think we've seen everything from like a thousand to like 70,000. It's definitely cued to like be accessible, but by no means is that like limit. If you're really excited about a company, you can put a larger check in. Oh, cool. That sounds amazing. So what kind of advice can you guys give our crazy birds if they might have a great startup idea and they want to kind of turn that into a reality? Everything is like a step-by-step process. You kind of take this like lean startup mentality, getting to just like an MVP or minimal viable product is like important. Like, you know, what can you do And even before you start building, it's like, what can you do to like prove things out? Like, it's like have conversations, set up tests, build an email list. You know, a lot of great companies have started off of, uh, you know, a newsletter. And so I think that that like those, some of those things is like where you're like building knowledge and reputation in the space is, is really important leading into starting something. And that's one channel. Otherwise you could just get to work, like building, find the right people, and just basically get something to a point where it's investable, which is probably like products, you've proven it out, you de-risked it a little bit, and then you can do a small, you know, angel round or a syndicate or, uh, you know, a small seed round to start. Some people self-fund, that's not always accessible to everyone, but there's also like a, a, you know, a lot of new emerging options in VC today 
where, you know, crowd equity funding, earnest, uh, or kind of what was indie VC, like just trying to find like ways to support people that also are maybe not in San Francisco. And I think like once you get outside of that bubble, there's like a lot of different types of companies and businesses that could be great businesses and are revenue generating, but they don't maybe necessarily want to opt into like the VC track where it's like hyper growth is absolutely essential. Although, and I guess in this space, I'd love to see everyone like go, go big because I think we don't know what's going to, you know, some of these, we're going to need some of, some of these to be hyper growth as much as possible. Some will fail. So, you know, if you think of a typical, you know, VC portfolio, 1% of the company's returning everything. It's like, you know, kind of, well, we kind of want these big ideas, you know, that's what we're looking at. But I think like there are a lot of ways to get like those first steps going for sure. More than, more than there ever have been before. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Is there anything that you want to, to still add, Murad, on that? Yeah, maybe uh, just because of the, the segment or the theme we're talking about, there's a lot of, I guess, non-dilutive funding and grant funding here in the United States, but even in Europe and abroad, there are foundations, there are government-backed programs that want to see these solutions and these ideas come to life. So that's on one side, on the more technical solutions or startups. But then on the other side, going back to what Tristan was saying, if it's a product for consumers, it's a product for other businesses, mm. get out there and talk to them. Like, don't build in a vacuum. Think you're building a product that's what everyone will love it. Try and get out there, get get those conversations going, even before you build your product, just to get their opinions. Is this something they would buy? Is this something they would opt into? And that helps you further your commercialization when it gets to the next stage. So. Yeah, because I think at that point, there's a lot of people that's like kind of so possessive about their idea. They're so scared of sharing it because, you know, they think they have the next Tesla idea or, you know, they are going to be the next Apple or something, you know, so they don't want to just like share it with everyone. But then if you don't get that feedback, that is when you go to the market and, you know, you basically fall flat on your face because there's no market for your actual product. So that is so important. So thank you so much for like, (laughs) you know, pointing that out again. What does the future hold for the Cool Climate Collective? World domination. (laughs) Yay! No, bad joke. I think I think uh, I think we want to like continue like ramping this up as quickly as possible and like add our dent to like the acceleration of climate solutions out there from a bottom up perspective, helping entrepreneurs that are super passionate, really motivated, and feel the urgency to get to their products to market faster. And I think at the same time, as like as many of these companies we can do. We're trying to build this out, build a collective larger and larger and larger, bring in more angel investors and more supporters so that we can support these, you know, companies at their first stages. Oh, amazing. And Murat, you're on the same goal or you've got some other future goals too? (laughs) For for me, it's the network effect. And the more we can tap into this network component of, you know, the collective members helping out, that creates a reciprocal cycle where they're going to pull in more founders for us to review or to support. There's going to be more mentors in our network. it, it just feeds itself. So it's scaling this up, as Tristan said, and speeding that up. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So yeah, I'm going to be watching what you guys are doing. There's some really amazing projects that you guys are backing that I just think is really fantastic and that will have massive, massive change. So good on you. Good on you for guys um, for actually supporting that and you know for helping Mama Earth in that way as well. 
So let's hit it with uh, Tristan, you first. Like what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? Oh, wow. I mean, probably like taking this time to like focus more seriously on climate solutions. I think like Murad, we've spent a ton of time in startups and accelerators and building, you know, community within early stage startups. And I think this, you know, was like really, I feel like where I always should have been is supporting startups that have a focus on the environment or climate or just like, you know, protecting the earth. And so I think that, you know, just take meeting, basically probably taking the Terra course that I would highly recommend taking the Terra course, any Terra course that was relevant to you. But for, you know, for me, it was the climate tech VC one and just like focusing my energy and my startup background in and my VC background, like in this space. Oh, amazing. And how about you, Murad? I would say it's the, the flip side of that for me getting involved in that course gave me a chance to meet great people, but then I also met Tristan through that program. So getting involved with that Terra VC course was, I think, one of the best decisions I made to, to really focus on this space. Because as Tristan said, our background was within supporting entrepreneurs, but it was never, I guess, I was always sector agnostic. So it finally gave me a chance to really double down, focus on something I feel is more impactful and I feel more fulfilled through the work I do. Amazing. I love that. So now we are going to move into our final five. First one is, Murad, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? I follow, it's actually a guy on Twitter. Uh, His name is Mark Tomasovich, and he does uh, interesting pictures and posts about energy projects. So he used to be ExxonMobil, and he posts pictures of now energy projects, infrastructure projects. So it's always mind-blowing to understand how massive these energy projects are and to understand the scale of this. So Awesome. And how about you, Tristan? I think just for like Jeremy Jennerful, like keeping a, a beat on the pulse of the space, like Bloomberg Green, I think is a good one. Tristan, what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? Uh, you know, I just, I, I want to, you know, continue to see wild spaces and conservation and, You know, I don't want to see like, you know, this like mass extinction and have our kids live in a world that's completely, you know, naturally different than what we have today. And so I I, I hope and I have a lot of desire to see this be in a place that still like kind of becomes closer in limbo with with Earth and uh, with with natural cycles and and wildlife. Amazing. And Murad, what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to actually help out Mama Earth? I would say it's something we, we hinted at earlier is that being aware of what we do on a day-to-day when we don't realize it. So like our banking. So these small things that we don't think about on a day-to-day uh, can have a big impact. So just where do you bank? Like the, these simple questions that we ask. And Tristan, what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people that is not yet on a sustainable journey? Oh, Wow. I feel like we have a lot of good ones on the website, but I don't know if I have one coming to my mind at the at this moment. I, I have one, but I don't know if it has the impact you want. But one is around uh, palm oil. So uh, deforestation, we tend to think of beef production as it is the leading cause. But the second leading cause is not wood-based product, like paper products. It's actually palm oil. And that itself, if you dig deeper, it's not a black or white scenario where, oh, we should stop using palm oil. 
palm oil out of all the vegetable oils has the highest yield for the land it utilizes. So it's, it, it opens up a discussion of what is the right thing to do with our limited resource and limited land in terms of what do we cultivate? So so true. And for our crazy birds, I'm going to link up all of the list of names of nasty, nasty names that palm oil actually hides in for you guys to check it out as well. Guys, where can people actually find you guys and the Cool Climate Collective? Of course, yeah, coolclimatecollective.com. You can find us on Angelist under the same name. And I'm at Pollock, P-O-L-O-C-K on Twitter. Amazing, amazing. And Murat, is there any handles that you want to add? Yeah, just uh, I guess I'm on Twitter as well, via Murad, uh, V-I-A-M-E-H-R-A-D. And his website, as he said. Cool. Well, thank you so much, guys, for being on the podcast. You've been absolutely amazing. And I'm looking forward to be sharing this with all of our crazy birds. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the MamaEarthTalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best way to get in contact with me would probably be a DM on Instagram. You can either send it to my personal, which is at Zero Waste Mariska, or the podcast, which is at Mama Earth Talk, or send me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.